So a few weeks ago, we were in a conversation and you were telling me about something that was that you were going through. And then you kind of jokingly said to me, um, you know, this is what happens when you're in your 40s and you know, you know, Vienda. And when you said that to me, I was like, I know, I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. What I'm like, it? what happens in your 40s? Please tell me. <laughs> and um, and then the conversation, you know, continued and was on a different topic. And I think the next day I sent you a little voice note saying, hey, so remember when <laughs> yesterday you said there's this, all these things that happen in your 40s and assumed that I knew what you were talking about. I have no idea and I really want <laughs> to have this conversation because I want to know what these secrets are that apparently I didn't get the memo on um, and like you know what I do have is my lived experience of what I've been moving through since I turned 40 which is a year and a half almost two, a year and a half ago um but I'm so curious and interested in hearing your perspective and your insights and your lived experience and examples of what that looks like from you. And that's kind of what I want our conversation today to be centered around. So first of all, my question is when you said, you know, what happens in your forties, what did you mean? I'm trying to remember what I meant in that exact moment. Um, but I think, well, but all I can really go to is my lived experience of, gosh, my next birthday is 45. And that's like very hard to believe because I don't, I, I don't feel age in my body yet. I really, I really don't. I feel, or maybe it's my spirit. I still feel the same. I still have a lot of like, you know, joy and passion and a lot of feelings. And I don't know, you just, I don't feel like I'm going to turn 45, but then that's like, goes into the whole thing of like, well, we probably never feel like, you know, our probably never that. feels like we're any different. And I, maybe that's part of the realization is that yeah. we have like these thoughts or maybe worries or fears about like what age is going to be when we mm -hmm. get to that certain age, maybe it's 45. I have to admit that number makes me feel a little squeegee inside. It's like a little bit kind yeah. of like, I take a deep breath, <laughs> yeah. but it's, you know, it's all just, it's all, you know, what culture has made it or what we've perceived maybe through parents or grandparents. I don't know other people and how they're approaching it, but my lived experience is I feel just as like youthful, but mm -hmm. physically like, I might have to retract what I said about like physically, I don't feel different. There are extreme changes that happen for women. Maybe mm -hmm. I was relating to that is that like literally inside of my body, there are extreme changes as you approach menopause and how that affects you emotionally. And also like for me, my energy to be able to give in certain ways is shifting and it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, I agree. Okay, there's a few things that I really resonate with. One is this idea of feeling your age. I think that disappears in your 20s because mm -hmm. I think even before you hit 30, you, you stop feeling like you're aging as a human being. Mm. And I spoke to someone who's 70 recently and he's like, I still feel like I'm 23, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like, I get it. Like there's this youthful, delightful energy about him. 
and he could like you know if he wasn't in the body that he's in he could be he could be 23 and you also look amazing oh thank you I don't know in relation to what but you look amazing I mean I'm sure people probably think you're much younger than you are and you have that youthful and and playful spirit and that joy as well and I feel like I don't know about you but when my parents were or my mother because my dad died when I was 10 was my age she seemed way older than I perceive myself now yes yes I had the same experience with my mother like at my age she seemed so much older than how I perceived myself exactly what you said Mm -hmm. and that is interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I also think she lived like she didn't um but it I feel like she embraced getting older in a different way. Like she was like, like used it as an excuse to maybe not do things or mm-hmm. as an excuse for, I don't know, like, or like feeling ashamed of her body. I mean, there was a lot of that with her when I was growing up, you know, or like always trying to change and lose weight or this or that. But like, like she went into her forties um, with sort of a shutdown mindset, I would say non-expansive it was very controlled her her life she's she was very into like controlling her body her food her this or her that and I think that that mental anguish that a woman can put on herself can make you age in a different way you know like and I think of that as more like shutting down not necessarily age like a linear movement towards getting older but a shutting down towards opportunity possibility you know openness adventure (laughs) yeah I really relate to that my mother was very similar in the way that she tried to control her life and her body and her food and and there was a lot of it was just I think she felt so out of control in her life that she controlled everything that she could in her what she could in front of her in like a very yeah in a very tight clutching way which was stressful of course for her but also for everyone around her Um, and it's so interesting I can't remember where I read it or heard it but somewhere I picked up this line that really kind of sat with me around women entering their 40s have to and I think this can be true for any age actually but I just I just I think I read it around that time um women when they're entering into their 40s need to make a decision whether they choose to be angry and bitter about the life experience that they've had up to this point or whether they choose to perceive them as an invitation to soften and open up and become become, um what's the word like more more surrendered to life in many ways and I was like Yes, I agree. I really feel like this is a decision we have to come up against and make for ourselves. And yes. that becomes the foundation or the how the rest of our lives then are experienced and relayed to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And I feel like we do need to make that decision mm-hmm. for ourselves individually. And hopefully we can all recognize that softening is the kinder choice we make because being angry and bitter takes a lot of energy and that ages you like I really believe that holding on to any kind of um challenging and negative emotions in your body ages you emotionally mentally physically on every level 
I so agree with that. And as I was kind of, you know, journaling and thinking about this conversation, one thing that came to me was that like, you know, we, we start out our lives, like, I don't know, like a stream or something, like a trickle, right. And you're absorb you're absorbing your experiences. Right. And then the waters get deeper, they flow faster. You know, you've had a crazy experiences. You've had a lot of hurtful experiences, you know, and it's easy to bury those in the water, you know, but I like to think of it more this way as like, now I'm like this more softly running kind of pool. <laughs> I'm not like grabbing at experiences at the same rate that I used to. And yet I can hold them all and be okay with them. Um, and I see it as like, for me, that softening that you describe is sort of how I see my job as a reflection for younger women mm. is to show them that, yes, you're going to go through traumas. You are going to go through really difficult experiences that are going to break you. Mm. They will. You know, I've got nine nieces <laughs> from 25 down to three, I think. <laughs> so like, I want to be a reflection for them of how they can get through those times. Mm. It's going to feel like being broken sometimes. And it's, and nobody gets to get out of that, right? Like we have to go down our stream. We have to walk our path and we have no choice. And some of those experiences are really, um, can be extremely destructive, but it allows me to sit there in like my older lady pool <laughs> with all my wisdom dripping in there, you know? And, and say, you know what, I had to overcome an eating disorder too. Or, you know what, I had my heart broken too, many times. Or, you know what, me too. Like, it's, it's that ability to relate um, with empathy because you've lived it. So it's real and it's authentic. And I so believe that younger women need that right now because I don't think our culture is very supportive of it, like, globally. Yeah. Um, but it feels like my privilege and my duty both mm -hmm. to reflect positively back towards them and like be a beacon that they can say, okay, she got through it. I can get through this. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I feel like particularly in our Western culture or societies, we're sold this idea or this concept that if we behave in certain ways, if we live up to societal norms or expectations, we can somehow avoid the grief and mm. the breakups and the pain and the challenges and the breakdowns and all those things yeah. that are part of life. Mm -hmm. That if we fit ourselves into this box tightly enough and we do everything perfectly, we, we can avoid it. Mm -hmm. But it's actually impossible. Like it, it's it is absolutely, absolutely impossible. impossible. <laughs> and I'm sorry, young ladies. <laughs> yeah. And I wish there was more women, even in my field, older women in my field, that were like, yes, and not like, Mm. or hiding it or having shame around it but being like yes there is tremendous amounts of grief there is tremendous amounts of challenges you are going to have to face yourself and others in ways that are incredibly uncomfortable and they're mm. going to mold you if you allow them yes into a person that will have lived a full life yes 
Yes. It can give you compassion or you can get bitter. Like that's really, I, I agree with you in that there are two starkly different paths and that we have a choice because I mean, I know for me, certainly I have felt bitterness. Certainly I have felt a lot of, you know, feelings towards whether, you know, like towards someone who hurt me in the past or bullied me growing up, or you're going to have that bitterness, but it is absolutely our choice. What we do with that, how we process that and how we come through that and that we don't have to hold that and like, let it stack up like bricks. You know, it doesn't have to be that way because if that happens, it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of work to break those walls down where if we can travel through it, um, with compassion, it's, I think it's a, it's a challenging road, but I see it as the only option because I don't want to be 80 years old and full of bitterness. (laughs) I want to laugh. I want to be laughing and sitting somewhere in the sunshine and just enjoying it and wearing a freaking bikini. If I want to, when I'm 80, I don't care. You know, like that's what I want. I want to feel full. And so it's making all those small choices towards compassion and towards empathy and towards, you know, being also a helping hand to, to help others process all of that and let them just not feel alone Mm -hmm. and not feeling alone. I think is a big part of it too, is having support systems that we trust and not letting ourselves get so hurt that we can't still lean into trusting someone. Um, Cause I've definitely had moments where I pulled back and felt like I couldn't trust anyone and gotten myself into situations that were hard to unravel because I felt like I had to hold on to all the pain and all the grief by myself mm-hmm. because I was maybe too ashamed or too scared to mm-hmm. share, you know, the experiences with someone who could have lent me that compassionate ear. Yeah. There's so many things that are coming to me as you're speaking. <laughs> One thing was this idea that I just had as you were speaking that perhaps okay so one I feel really triggered by the word midlife because <laughs> because what to say right <laughs> I mean people are like now that you've entered midlife I'm like fuck you I know, I know. <laughs> anyway but like let's say that midlife is midlife maybe when you reach that point in your life timeline that is also the beginning of your journey to your return to innocence. Does oh, that totally. make sense? Because you start off innocent and then life does all of these things. And then you hit to a point where you're like, you know what? Fuck it. And then you finally like move back towards is your journey back to innocence. So that when when we're 80, 90, whatever, when it's coming towards the end, we return to that childlike innocence and we are empty of all the like yeah. begrudging annoying resentful blah 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 feelings and we're just clear of that do you think that's possible I think it's absolutely true I (laughs) I absolutely think so um I saw it with my grandmother she was my mom's mom she was 100% Sicilian she's the cutest little thing um but I saw this just I only really got to know her maybe from her mid 60s to yeah. Anyway, it was really cute to watch her become so sweet as she got into her 80s. Just this like sweetness and warmth and love and just like didn't have it in her to argue or <laughs> anything. And I, yeah, I just I just remember her as this 
sweet being of love. I loved her like rapey arms and her softness. And it was all just this like utter warmth and comfort. And I genuinely feel, I genuinely feel like she was okay. Like she was so okay with this journey. And I've always wondered if she went through, you know, like what her traumas were, as we said, like ever, I always wondered that about her though, because she always held herself. So mm, she didn't talk about it. Let's put it that way. And so I wonder like how she came through it. And I don't know, but I do think so. Cause I, I mean, I saw it with her and it was just this really great experience and I'm glad I got to know her because there's that I have that image to kind of lean towards yeah <laughs> that's beautiful another thing that you kept mentioning which I feel really strongly is compassion like having this tremendous amount of compassion for the challenges and the hardships that we go through in a human life and I feel like one of the main differences I've noticed coming into my 40s is that I feel like every sensation every emotional experience everything feels amplified and closer to the bone more than ever before which sometimes is beautiful and sometimes is excruciating (laughs) and yet with this amplification and this sense of everything feeling so much stronger my Mm. compassion for others has also been amplified where you know in my 20s or 30s people will tell me about rough times they're going through and be like yeah you'll be fine and genuinely felt it and now I'm like I really feel you and I know it must be really hard and you will be fine but like fuck this is hard yes yes I I completely agree to that amplification of feeling yeah I'd love to hear your experience around the amplification and the compassion and 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 feeling things more strongly Mm. it's something that like by you stating that is giving me some awareness over like when you said that I feel like I just sparked open and I'm like yes that's the perfect way to put it that it's some sort of amplification of emotion um alongside it though I think at least for me, because there has been such an amplification of like how, how deeply I feel, whether it's positive or negative, there's like a depth that I don't think was there when you're sort of painting broad strokes through your twenties. <laughs> um, but it's also like boundaries and who gets to be in on that, like who gets to experience my depth of emotion because I don't know about you, Vienda, but if I walk into a room full of surface level chatter, I I like literally can't handle it. I have to like remove myself from certain situations and I've had to create some distance between certain friends and old relationships and things because they they don't get to have like my depth of emotion. It needs to be met is mm-hmm. how I feel now. Like I don't have any space for anything on the chatter surface level. It's like, you want to go deep? Great. We're on. (laughs) We're on. I will meet you there and I will listen to your experiences, whether they're positive or negative, or you're figuring out your next, you know, um, career transition, whatever it may be. Like I am there for that. Um, and want to be there for that. Like I love exploring the depths with 
with people and being able to provide that compassionate ear that where they can feel safe to go that deep. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, alongside of that is like a complete intolerance for surface level stuff anymore. And it's, it's, it's kind of problematic because as you know, like not all, you can't choose your family. You can't, there's a lot of uh, relationships that you can't really choose, but become a part of your life. So that's become like a kind of a tricky part of being in my forties and having like different layers of self-knowledge and not everyone else is evolving alongside you or at the same rate as you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's also some confusion I feel. Yeah, I can really relate to that. At the beginning of our conversation, you said something similar along the lines of not having as much energy for certain things. And you didn't mean like you don't have as much energy, but you just don't have the bandwidth for certain behaviors or ways of interacting and things like that. And I really feel that strongly. I've always been quite, I'm very, I've always been sensitive. And Mm -hmm. so I've always been quite careful around where I invest my time and energy because it impacts me directly but now like it's almost like I've lost my patience for even the smallest misdemeanors like oh you didn't have the emotional maturity to have a conversation with me well then goodbye because I cannot be bothered holding space for your emotional maturity (laughs) um and I I think I'm still in a place where I judge myself for feeling like I'm being too harsh but at the same time it's the only way I can seem to have this self-preservation that I seem to need at the moment because I'm so sensitive and so vulnerable to everything and feeling everything so strongly and and trying to navigate how I hold myself and carry myself through the world while experiencing all of that because the solution isn't to numb it which I think a lot of people go to yeah yeah but the solution is making choices where I feel safe within that space of being feeling so vulnerable and feeling everything so deeply. Mm-hmm. And um, what was the other thing that I was going to say that you were speaking to? Mm-hmm. No, it's gone for now. <laughs> I remember what it was. That happens to me often these days anyway. Maybe that's part <laughs> that's of it all. That's one of right? the things. <laughs> you know, I have a theory that your brain kind of does this thing where um, anything that's not important, it just it disappears. And so you have to just trust that you weren't meant well, to. It's happening more way. often now. So I'm just going to go with what I'm going to believe what you're saying. <laughs> we'll go with that theory. I didn't need that anyway. It was It's gone. <laughs> I'll blame it on the hormone shift, which is another major part of this. It's like that whole shift is very strange. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. So I understand um, that I probably have or am entering into perimenopause, which lasts for 10 years before actual menopause. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I was like, what? I know. It's like, gee, thank you. We get a double right here. Puberty. What is this? (laughs) I don't understand. But what... I, I can't say that I've I have experienced anything yet I don't or at least I don't know or I'm not aware of it what have you experienced anything what does it look like what does it feel like what can I expect can't see it's good Vienda <laughs> tell me no I mean it's just like another thing to cope with is what I feel okay. honestly um just 
I've no, I, I don't know what to expect month to month anymore. That's the difficulty is like some months are like pretty smooth and it's like things have are sort of like how they've always been. And then there's a month like this month where, sorry, listeners, if you don't want to hear this, um, <laughs> this. Okay. No, we're like, I get my period. It's fine. And then generally that like the hormones would like taper off, mm-hmm. you know, um, breast swelling goes down all that all that good stuff like it just didn't happen this month it was like it it kept at this like I don't know if it meant my estrogen was high or my testosterone I don't really know what it was but I never felt like that drop back into normal and now I'm like cycling back into PMS and I'm like you didn't give me a break this month like what's up with that mm-hmm. like in terms of sort of hormonal reactions, like a little bit quicker to anger, a little bit more emotional tears are easier. That kind of thing is what I would say I've experienced is like, you know, you know, Vienda, we try to practice our emotional regulation, right? This feels stronger than me. That's how I can explain. It feels stronger than my ability to be like, take a few deep breaths, you know, like take a break, walk away. The anger will dissipate. No, no, no. It's kind of like lighting a furnace is, is how it feels to me inside of my body. And I mean that in terms of there are hot flashes sometimes now. And that literally feels like someone just like turns on the heat inside of your body. And you're like, you know, taking off layers. Like it's, it's a for real thing. But I would also say like the heat, like I have a fiery personality anyway. And so to have hormonal fluctuations, it tends to either amp up like too, too quick to anger, you know, like it's, it's like fire. That's the only way Mm -hmm. I can express it. It's like, I can go from zero to here, like way too fast Mm -hmm. where that like, there isn't really space for that emotional regulation, regulation piece, Mm -hmm. uh, because this, this shit is just stronger than me. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, and then the opposite of that is like sadness and finding myself like deeply sad over something that maybe shouldn't make me deeply sad and just crying. And, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that because I enjoy the release of like kind of emotionally exhausting myself. And that way I feel like is it's cleansing and clearing. So I'm actually okay with the tears, but the anger is not so great. And I can, I don't know. I read about it. I'm trying to figure out how to balance things so this doesn't become a prolonged issue. Um, but that's very difficult to do because, you know, like I went to my OB and her solution is just go back on birth control. And I'm like, I'm almost 45. I don't want to go on birth control. No. And it makes me feel terrible anyway. So that is not the answer, but that's what Western medicine will tell you is the answer. So you're really on your own to do a lot of research and I'm trying to order some hormone panels to like get my baseline, but then where do I go and who do I take them to and who's going to help me figure this out? It's like, I feel like a lone wolf trying to figure it out by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I bet a lot of women do because it's, um, it's tricky and it's not like taking care of women and their hormonal transitions isn't mainstream yet. And that's mind boggling to me. Like, why shouldn't it be every single woman has to go through this process. Why is this not mainstream? Why are we not? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, I, I'm surrounded by women who work in this field. So I feel like the support is that, which I'm really grateful for. That's amazing. Um, But what I've learned from one of them actually is the reason why that 
support isn't there for women is because all the medical studies that were done up until I think 40 years ago were only done on men, but then it was generalized across all humans. So they were like, do the tests on men. And then they would say all humans are like this instead of separating genders and testing on both men and women and to see what the differences were. So that's why, because basically the way that medical science has been looking at women is smaller men, just like a smaller version of men. That's insanity. (laughs) It's actually insanity. And that's why there is no support because there is nothing. Like they haven't until very recently even looked at women as a potentially completely separate. Um, With completely separate organs know. and yeah. physical processes that we go. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Well, it's obvious because when you're looking for help, it's so hard to know what is snake oil and what's actually going to help like there's products but how do I know without guidance like what what to do and I'm certain that like I will find somebody some doctor but I'm also certain it's going to cost me thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars which is the other thing and so it becomes an equity issue even if I could afford this certainly not everyone can afford this and I'm not saying I can I'm like that's a real financial conundrum and it really excludes so many people from getting help so absolutely yes I just oh I I just agree a (laughs) hundred percent like I I mean I don't live in the state so I've never had to pay health insurance but I've always taken my health into my own hands I've always gone private I've always taken care of everything myself because to me health is wealth and I invest time and money into it but when I need when I have something serious that I need to look into it costs me a lot of money and there is Mm -hmm. no nothing that's going to pay for that because I'm not willing and I've never been willing to go down the mainstream path because sadly I do not trust mainstream medicine hardly at all I think there's medical science is wonderful in some ways like the -hmm. fact that we have things like penicillin or antibiotics antibiotics get your mammogram like stuff like that yes exactly like some things are wonderful but overall when it comes to general health I don't even think that medical science should be involved because it's almost a separate thing in my perspective Mm -hmm. and so yeah like having when you know you have to take your health into your into your own hands because you don't have any support from society it Mm -hmm. it is expensive and it's a lot of responsibility it is. It really is. And part of me kind of resents that. Like mm-hmm. I will, I, I do sort of resent that it's not, it's, it's just not out there and available. I mean, mm-hmm. yes. And I don't, I'm sorry to say as well, like I don't really trust the Western medicine system either because in my experience, it's a here, take this situation and I don't want a ton of pharmaceuticals in my body. So it's like, that's what they do. In fact, I mean, that's the last few times I've been in. That's what doctors do. It's a here, take this and barely listen to you. So it's really disappointing to me that that's where medicine is gone and that we're not actually treating root problems anymore. It's all topical solutions. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like this could be a conversation of its own. To be I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> something that you said earlier about kind of like this this um, rush of anger or this rage or this sadness yeah. and some of the emotional and physical experiences you've been 
noticing that have been that have changed for you it actually really helps me understand my friend who I'm staying with because Mm. actually yesterday she took me aside and she was like I just need you to know that on Friday my period is due and that means in the next few days I will have very limited patience Mm -hmm. and capacity and and I really like I was like oh interesting that you need to have this conversation with me and I'm older than her but you know we're all in different stages at different times it has nothing to do with that um but she feels it really strongly and and like you expressed it's so overwhelming that there is no like emotional regulation tools that can support her in that moment when she feels that because it's completely she's consumed by it it's a rush yeah that's exactly that's a good word for it it feels like a rush comes over you and it's not you it it feels like other world it's not you yeah that's so interesting I'm so curious obviously we don't have the answer here right now but I'm so curious what kind of you know herbal medicines or teas or tinctures or things that are out there that we could mm-hmm. use to help support us through this because and this is something like I, I I'm homesick for the imaginary wise woman in the village mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I could go to with this conversation and be like what what would we do what would we do how like how, how would you solve this and I, I have one it. for you yeah I really do <laughs> she's like an incredible that's exactly what she is and she'll love you'll love that she's Italian like us you're Italian I'm Italian <laughs> but she's here in Maine and she grows it's called blessed Maine herb farm she's amazing you can actually get on a call with her and she will help you talk through all of you know what's ailing you and I've gone to her before I was it like truly perimenopausal it was more for PMS Mm -hmm. and I bought a bunch of tinctures and teas from her she was amazing but on the call she like opens with a prayer and like blesses you and like she is that (laughs) I will have to connect she's amazing yeah (laughs) I love that. They thing. still exist in tiny pockets here and there. These women who are literally growing gardens to create medicine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I hope that we become that as well. Maybe not, mm. not specifically with herbs. Like there's other tools that we might have access to that we want to share and teach. Totally. But that's that's the future that I'm wanting to be a part of and create. <laughs> like to tend to each other, right? To tend to each other. And mm-hmm we've really lost that. I agree with you. It's so uncommon that we tend to each other. And I, I'm, you know, me being like a lifelong avid reader, it just takes me into like, you know, some fantasy novel where <laughs> there is, <laughs> there's the old lady there and she tends to you and takes care of you when you come in weary from your journey. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be a fairy tale. And I think that it's, it's a beautiful concept to consider like how we can as we grow older and gather our wisdom, how we can use our personal wisdom to then tend to the next flock and one another, because we need it more than ever. We need like gentle outpourings of care, I feel like is what is so needed. Yeah, I am right there with you. I feel like I want to wrap up this conversation for now, but I'm curious when you were sort of journaling about it and thinking about our conversation today, is there anything that came up for you that you'd love to share that you think our listeners would maybe relate to or love to hear? 
Well, I can give them one fun, one fun tip since we've been so <laughs> I believe the key to like feeling physically youthful as you age is like for me, infrared saunas. I'm just dropping my little tip. Mm. It is my number one. It keeps my skin hydrated, which helps with wrinkles. I don't like, I'm not into like beauty care <laughs> so much, but I love how it makes me feel like the, it makes me feel, um, I don't know, just so much like lighter and healthier and it helps like dryness in every way. Like I lean towards dryness and anyway, I will just say that that's my one tip and trick. That's not just for like keeping yourself looking, I don't know, um, sprightly ex in the, on the exterior, but like inside, it makes me feel so like clean. So that's my tip. <laughs> if you can get like, to an infrared sauna, do it. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to Google infrared saunas and book myself in ASAP now. <laughs> it's, it's like my, it's my non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you, Vienda. It was so delightful to, to speak with you. Yeah, likewise.